Hi, my name is Rachel Hadley-Leonard. I'm a Southwest Coast Path completer. I'm a volunteer with the association and I'm also the podcast host. And hi, I'm Aletha Mays and I'm the head of comms at the Southwest Coast Path Association. So Aletha, we've got a great episode coming up, which is all about connecting communities along and around the path. So I'm going to hand over to you to just give a little bit of introduction and background to all our guests on this episode. Yes, thanks, Rachel. Um, so first up, you'll be chatting with Lorna Sheriff, who has already been on our podcast. But today she is coming on to talk about the path improvements and the access work that she does along the path, as well as to briefly just talk about the Coast Path Connectors project um, that we have received funding for. Following your chat with Lorna, you'll be also talking with Hugh and Jeannie. Hugh is our project officer in the Coast Path Connectors project based in North Devon. So we do have five hubs and he's our North Devon project officer. And through that work that he is doing in North Devon, he has met Jeannie, who um, has helped set up a group called Healing Steps. And I don't wanna to go too much into it because I think Jeannie in her chat with you goes into such brilliant detail that I don't want to kind of take that from her. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to our listeners hearing both those um, interviews with Lorna and with Hugh and Jeannie. Thanks so much, Aletha. I know we've got a real treat in store for our listeners. It's such, there's such important messages that come across in these interviews. So let's get started. Thanks ever so much, Aletha, and let's hear from our guests. Brilliant. Thanks, Rachel. So it's a real pleasure to have joining us this afternoon, Lorna Sheriff. Now, if you've been a regular listener to the podcast series, you might remember that Lorna joined us back in February when we had an episode all about volunteers on the path. Lorna is a national trail officer for the Southwest Coast Path Association, and she grew up and worked on private forestry estate in West Sussex. And so she's always had a real passion for the countryside and the outdoors. She then went on to do a rural resource management degree in Newton Abbott at Sealhane, where she absolutely fell in love with the Southwest, who, who couldn't, I would say. And then for many years, for 18 work years, Lorna worked for the National Trust South Devon Ranger team as a ranger. And I think I remember saying at the time, probably one of my dream jobs. Um, and then in September 21, so just over two years ago now, Lorna started as a National Trail Officer for the Southwest Coast Path Association. And I think it's fair to say, Lorna, that you feel passionately that anyone who wants to get out and experience the coast and the countryside, whatever their background or ability, should have that opportunity to do so. So, Lorna, thank you so much for joining us, not just once, but twice. Welcome to the show and thank you. Well, thanks for inviting me back again, Rachel. No, you're very welcome. And I'm really, really looking forward to this chat with you because I know a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today, the Coast Path Connectors Project. But um, I want to know more about the, the, the wider role that you have and, and how that project fits into it. So, so first of all, let's start with that, Lorna, and just tell us a little bit about your role at the association and what kind of thing it involves. Yeah, so working as um, a national trail officer, I look to um, help protect 
share, care for um, and improve the trail. But I can't do that alone. One person certainly can't do that. So I do that by coordinating the partnership of different organisations and individuals in maintaining and improving the trail, making it as usable and accessible for anybody that wants to get out and experience the beauty of the Southwest Coast Path as it is a fantastic place to connect with nature, to relax, exercise, and just take that time away from the stresses of daily life. I know it's it's certainly something that I do when I when I just feel like I need a bit of a break. I just get out there and, and walk that coast path and I just feel refreshed from it. But one thing I would say is I cannot do my role without my volunteers. They are mm. fantastic. They give up their time and their um, you know, experience for me to be able to be do my role and um, improve the trail for the benefits of everyone and for the future so that's just one thing I definitely want to put a shout out there to all the volunteers. Oh thank you Lorna and I know we talked about that in the episode that we ran on the volunteers but you're absolutely right and there is so much that goes on with the association that couldn't happen without the volunteers. I think you know every, every single one of them should, should be so proud of what they do and how much they give back because like you say so much wouldn't happen without them yeah. so how does you talked about the trail partnership there how does that work and can you give us sort of some recent examples of path improvements that have been implemented because of those partnerships yeah certainly so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a bit of a background about national trails in general so mm -hmm. they are designated by government and adhere to a set of trail standards which set them above any other walking route. So national trails, each national trail around the, around the country is um, managed by trail partnerships. So they've got a local trail partnership, but then we get central guidance, support and some funding provided um, through Natural England for the, for the England trails. The trail partnerships, the local ones, take collective responsibility for the on the ground maintenance and management um, and strategic settings for priorities for for the path so without those trail partnerships we really wouldn't have this outstanding coast path that we have today so our trails partnership consists of the representatives of the organizations most closely involved with the management of the trail so i'm sorry i'm going to bore you now with a list of those <laughs> <laughs> not at all not at all we need to know so we've got exmoor national park authority devon county council cornwall council Plymouth City Council, Torbay Council, Dorset Council, the National Trust, and of course, the Southwest Coast Path Association. So as you can see, there's a lot of um, organisations within our trails partnership. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, we have to do partnership working in order to make the improvements to the path and in order to maintain it for the future. So I'm going to explain a little bit about maintenance funding, which then will lead into about the projects. So 75% of our maintenance funding comes from Natural England, whereas the other 25% has to be funded by our trails partners. So unfortunately, because of the rising costs in contractors, in materials and, and everything, the trails partners are putting in above that 25% currently. And what you've got to bear in mind is that's just for maintenance. That is mm. not for improvements or anything else. That is okay. keeping it at the standard it is now. Okay. So this is where, for any improvement, this is where the, the Southwest Coast Path Association is the kind of powerhouse behind it because that funding is purely for maintenance and any funding that the Southwest Coast Path Association brings in, we can do the improvement projects that we want to on the trail. Okay. 
So um, I'll give you some recent examples of that. Mm. So we worked with um, Torbay Coast and Countryside Trust, Swissco, which is on behalf of Torbay Council as well. And we did a church, uh, project at Churchton, can never say it, Churchton Cove, which is a very popular section of the Torbay coastline lying just west of Brixham. Okay. It's used by loads of the community lots of visitors as well it's a really highly visited little cove beautiful area but as you come up out of the cove towards Paynton the section of the path there was getting badly um, kind of water damaged the steps were of varying height some of them far too high to get up easily and the steps dropping down to the back of the beach which were concrete were very narrow um, and there was no handrail so by working in partnership with those um, with those other organizations we got together and said we need to improve this section mm. um, and and that's what we've done so uh, the steps had been have all been redeveloped the concrete steps going down to the back of the beach were widened and a handrail was installed and we completely replaced the ladder steps that were going up there. So if anybody's ever in the Torbay area around Churchton Cove, go and have a look because it's a, a lovely little little area there. So that was one project that we did. Another one we've been done recently working with the National Trust down mm -hmm. in Kynance Cove mm. in Cornwall. Beautiful, beautiful area, but it's not accessible for everyone. So there was a section about half a mile of coastal path between Kynance Cove and Lizard Point where the National Trust came to us and said, we think we can do some improvements here and make this accessible for trampers and mobility scooters. Okay. So I was like, that's fantastic. Let's let's do this because the views out there are stunning. Absolutely breathtaking. So um, we got together and then we said, right, who else is it that we need to involve in this to make sure that we get it right? So we got a representative from Cornwall Rolling Ramblers down who is um, he's tramper bound himself. And so he could give us the specifications and designs for us. And we also partnered with Natural England as well, because that area is a special site of scientific interest. Mm -hmm. So there's only certain things we can do um, to make sure that we're not um, being bad for the habitat in that area yeah, as well. Sure. So by working together, we now have a, yeah, about a half mile tramper slash mobility scooter accessible route around there and the feedback has been, been brilliant and Cornwall Rolling Ramblers were really supportive of it so you know without without the funding that the Southwest Coast Path Association drew in for yeah. that project um, and that one we we managed to draw a big grant in from one of our um, sponsors from Athletic Brewing you know without that that project would not have been able to go ahead so no, they're brilliant examples, both of those, Lorna. And like you say, that stretch that you've just spoken about there, um, Kynance around the lizard and, and the lizard, you know, that's an incredible stretch that is breathtaking. And, you know, many people will know that stretch because it is so popular and it, it's in the summer, it's almost a bit of a tourist, uh, a tourist uh, destination, isn't it? But... I, I always have felt myself when I've been there and walking there that it is unfair, perhaps that not everyone could get to experience that. So that kind of project is brilliant. That just makes it more accessible. Yes. Yeah, it was fantastic because the, the car park was already there. All the other mm. kind of uh, um, services were there. It was just literally the route out from the car park and round. Yeah. And yeah, it was it, it is just an amazing, amazing trail, that section there. But as, as well as those kind of projects that we've already done, I just want to give you one that's kind of being planned. We're thinking about and 
currently please do yeah please so um last week i was on a site visit in dorset and mm -hmm. i spoke with the dorset council um coast path ranger over there and he said i need you to come out and look at this area um at fleet which is just to the west of weymouth because we've got um we've got issues with um the path being flooded as well as we've got issues of um, bird disturbance happening down on the foreshore and how could we work together to improve the actual route the surface of the trail itself keeping people to the trail rather than deviating down onto the foreshore because it's easier to walk so we're we're looking at putting a, a project in together along with um the bird and recreation initiative over there to see whether we can improve the the trail and reduce the disturbance to the wildlife in the area at the same time so watch this space i will do and i know that often the projects that that you undertake they're sort of covered in the um newsletters and so on so that's probably where we'll read about that in a few months time or months yeah, time yeah, yeah possibly months time. it will definitely yeah. be in um trailblazing magazine yeah fabulous and and we one of the things when we were talking back about um Kynance and i mentioned as sort of being a tourist attraction and the path is undoubtedly a tourist attraction as well but Apart from that, it's also a trail that connects communities and it's an incredible space for those living on or nearby to the coastline, which is just on their doorstep. So how important is it to work with local communities? Because obviously, you know, it's all very well the tourists who come and go, but it's the local communities who are living there. And, you know, how important is it to improve access for them to, to you know, in the ways that you've just described? It's vital. It, it really is because the path is accessed by millions of people annually, but it connects numerous coastal communities together and it plays an important role in people's lives by, you know, by offering them the connection with the with the natural world around us. And that is really important to the local communities and the residents that live right there. You know, I'm lucky. I live in Plymouth. I'm literally a couple of minutes away from getting onto the coast path and getting those coastal views. So I know how critical it is mm. for being a local person to be able to to access that that path for, you know, because it supports both physical and mental well-being. So mm. you know, it's really important that we take the views on of the local communities. And what I find fascinating is that, and, and fantastic really, is that the local communities are our eyes and ears on the ground. Mm, mm. They'll be the first person that will email me and go, do you realise there's a tree down here? Or do you realise there's now like a, a hole in the path or this finger post has fallen down, which is mm. really, really helpful. But they've also been fantastic in in sending e emails or, or contacting the association and saying oh there's an issue here people are constantly getting lost in this in this area of residential area and we're having to direct them yeah. so for an example a recent one is um in plymouth up in jenny cliff then we've had a few residents that said we keep having to direct people out of the field back down to the actual track of the the route of the path and i was like oh this is this is interesting so we, we went out and i said actually I would get lost here we need to put a finger mm. post in mm. this area so when the contractor was out putting the finger post i went and met him and while he was digging it in lots of the local community were like oh this is fantastic people aren't going to get lost here anymore yeah. and yeah. then they were like you listen to us and we we're like yeah yeah of course we did so although it was helping others it was also helping them because they were like we don't have to direct people around as much yeah and it's really interesting you saying that because you know it's 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 people are more likely to be your eyes and ears if they can see that 
you do listen and that you are doing things as a result of that. So that's that's absolutely brilliant that, you know, they're seeing the effects of that as well. Yes. Yeah. And and an, another place where um, we had some feedback was um, between Gilly Beach and Swanpool. Mm-hmm. So they were saying that that the access there could be improved um, and made easier. You know, people with push chairs were going along and struggling on what was already there. And um, as part of the King Charles III England Coast Path funding for the establishment works, that section was widened, levelled and resurfaced. And we had um, a really lovely bit of feedback came from a local resident who had lived in Falmouth for 40 years and unfortunately, due to health reasons, had to be on a um, a walking aid. Um, and it, they said for the first time in 40 years, they were able to now walk that stretch between Gilly Beach and Swampool. And I, that's amazing yeah and and that just shows the benefit that we have made to the local communities as well no absolutely and I love hearing about things like that when there's been you know I mean you know that's one person but it's not one person it's it's hundreds of people that will will benefit from that from that access I know that um one of the current projects that you're you're undertaking Lorna is a project that's received some national lottery Heritage Fund support, and that's the Coast Path Connectors, which I mentioned at the very beginning of of this chat. Can you tell us a little bit more about that Coast Path Connectors? Because I I know that's sort of um, being really successful. And also, we've got two more guests on the show after our chat who are going to talk about their experiences of that. But but can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, certainly. So Coast Path Connectors is a two-year project. It's running this year and uh, 2024. Um, and it aims to support local people to use the Southwest Coast Path for their health and well-being. This project came about from learning lessons in, over the last five years from our um, equity of access pilot projects, which we've we've been running, such as our Connecting Actively to Nature, which is the Couch to Coast project, which was looking at inactive older people and encouraging them uh, to make the engagement with the outdoors through use of the Coast Path. Mm-hmm. as well as some of uh, we learned lessons from our health walks as well so we'd linked in with improving lives plymouth and, and other organizations for health walks and we looked at that and we thought actually we need to do more we need to expand this this has been successful but it's on a very small scale and we're a very big trail so we wanted to expand this um and get it to more audiences who don't currently use the trail um and whether that be you know, overcoming the barriers, whether that be from financial, physical, isolation or, or mental mental health issues. We wanted to be able to yeah, expand that and get it out to more people. So we bid for the Heritage Lottery and we were successful, which was absolutely fantastic. And when we were putting the bid together, we realised that we couldn't do this across the whole of the trail. It's just yes. too big. Mm-hmm. So we had to focus it down into specific areas. So we picked five of the most um, deprived areas around around the southwest. So we're in Plymouth, Torbay, Cornwall, Dorset, which is kind of the Weymouth and Pool areas, and North Devon. And each one of those has got a project officer who is steering and really pushing forward on these in these hub areas to make connections with community organisations who are already working with groups that possibly don't get out onto the coast path and it would really benefit them to get mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. So um, they've been doing fantastic work, making loads of links in 
with lots of different organisations, Devon and Cornwall Refugee Support, Sensory Solutions, um, St Petrox, which is a homeless charity. Um, we're doing some wheelchair rambles. Um, in Torbay, we're working with Live, Live Longer Better. We're working with Hope House in Dorset. So there's loads and loads. These are just a few. Yeah. Um, and obviously Healing Steps in North Devon, which you're going to hear about later on in the podcast, which is a fantastic project now set up. But as well as this, it's really very important area of the project is to train up a network of new volunteer community rangers mm. who are going to be our trained volunteers are going to be our walk leaders walk supporters they're going to be our points of contact and advocates for the coast path so that we are able to expand this um you know this project wider and to as many people as we possibly can that's brilliant and what a fantastic way to to widen access into all sorts of groups that you've mentioned there people you know who may have difficulties in a range of ways but but it's just widening that access which which i absolutely love um and we're going to be hearing from q who is one of the officers he's the north devon officer yeah he's the north devon officer yeah so we're shortly be healing healing hearing from him and Jeannie, who are going to be talking about the healing steps as well. But um, how long has that project been going now, Lorna? So it started at the very end of 2022. So basically a year. Almost a year, yeah. Yeah. And I know that you've done great work in that year and you must be really pleased with how the project's gone. Oh yeah, massively. We've, um, just the feedback that we're getting from from participants on the walks has been brilliant and one of the things we really wanted out of it was that a person would come out on the walk with us and then feel more confident to be able to go out there by themselves or or somebody else and we're getting that feedback where it's saying actually yeah I'm I'm feeling more confident that I can I can get out there um, and access it again on my own so it's really positive you know, and that's life changing for some people, literally life changing. So it's it's amazing work that you're doing, you you and the team are doing. We, you talked about um, maintaining and protecting the path. And the sort of final question that I want to ask you is about keeping the trail world class, because I think people forget that actually it is a world class trail. You know, I, I'm doing other trails from time to time. I've just completed one. Um, in Portugal with Aletha, but there are lots of trails around the world and yet everybody or most people have heard of the Southwest Coast Path. It it is a world-class trail and maintaining that and protecting it from threats such as climate change, cliff falls, wildfires, coastal erosion, etc. That must be really challenging. So how can people support the association and do their bit to help ensure the trail is here for generations to come? It is a challenge, I must admit, with climate change because the coast path is clinging to the edge, basically. So yeah. we are at the forefront of any coastal change that you see. Um, we're seeing more extreme weather coming through. We're seeing more increasing in storm damage. Combined with the rising sea levels, we are seeing a much faster rate of coastal erosion. Um, you know, certain parts of the path is are just slipping away. We saw about West Bay in Dorset where there's yeah. bits just yeah. slipping down. Um, so it, it's something that we are very aware of, and we are planning with our partners um, to develop a future planning, a future proofing plan, to make sure that the path is always going to be there in the future. 
Now, this mm -hmm. will look at areas that are going to be susceptible to this coastal erosion and how we can roll the path back away from the edge, but keep the path um, you know, open at all times. So by identifying the issues in advance, we can cost it out and plan the developments to the trail to ensure that it, it stays open. So that's that's kind of the, the climate change coastal element. But there's also the kind of the warmer, uh, the warmer summers and the wetter winters also mm. have an impact. Like you said, we saw wildfires, um, you know, last year and this yeah. year we've yeah. had wildfires. Dorset, Studland, um, we had some in South Devon. And, uh, you know, it was quite unheard of, really, these fires coming up. And, and luckily for, well, for the trail itself, it was only closed for a few days in certain places. But the habitat around the trail mm. was mm. absolutely decimated mm. and the coastal corridor is such a rich wildlife habitat that we really need to protect it. So, you know, we're, we're looking at making sure that, you know, where possible, we're getting the messages out there about, you know, making sure when you're walking, you're walking responsibly. Um, you know, if you're going to take a barbecue, it's not a disposable barbecue that you're going to leave, leave out. And, and elements like that, just making sure that it's responsible use. But as well as um, that, I was saying about the warmer climate, which is seeing vegetation growth increase. Mm. So at some points now, we're doing three, even four cuts on the coast path, which is a massive increase in our maintenance costs for the trails mm. partners. So um, we're, we're working with them on, on that as well to try and work out exactly how much it's risen over the years, the maintenance costs for vegetation cutting. Then we'll be going um, going back to see how we can try and help them with the funding for that. So all of the climate change impacts have a massive increase in the cost for managing the trail. Mm -hmm. um, and it just shows how vital the work of the association is for the trail partnership in bringing in that extra funding. Um, and, sure. and that's why I'm so grateful for all our supporters of the association, you know, from supporting us by joining as a member by donating, completing a challenge, and all the other fundraising items that I know Will Keane was talking to you about yeah, in the last previous month. podcast. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So all of those, because that's one way of supporting the trail, making sure it's here for future generations to enjoy, because it, it has to be, it really does, because mm. it is a world-class trail that is so vital for people's physical and mental well-being. You're so, you're so right, Lorna, and I think I really resonate with your sentence that it has to be. It does have to be. It has to have to be. There's no there's no question about it. You know, how could we ever see a scenario where the, the trail disappeared? But as you say, that the costs are mounting all the time. It's not just they're mounting in so many ways. They're mounting because of the cost of living crisis and materials, things are costing more, materials are costing more, labour's costing more, but it's also that coastal erosion that you talk about that's having an impact. So I think the good thing, though, is there are so many ways for people to be able to support. We talked about that a lot last month, but, you know, in the partnerships that you have as well that you've talked about, and there are there are a myriad of, of people to get involved and ways to be supportive. So I think that's that's a brilliant thing. Yes, um, very much so. So th thank you for sharing that with us. I know that you will know, Lorna, that at the end of every um, interview that we do on this podcast, we ask people about their favourite section of the path and their one word to describe the path. But you've already done that. You've already done half of that. So I'm not going to um, put you through that again. But I, I would be interested to know, just as a, a little end point, that the word that sums up the path for you 
is there a word that sums up the path for you it's quite tricky I must admit because I've listened to all, all the other podcast guests yeah and all of their words and I've gone yes I completely agree yeah I agree with that as well. <laughs> I know there I hasn't know. been a single word where I've gone oh no I don't know I agree with that one they've I all know. been completely spot on but I really kind of felt I was like right what is it to me what is the coast path to me and for me it's invigorating I can be okay. quite feeling a bit low I can be mm. you know my mind just fizzing and just going I can't kind of clear get mm. my clear ideas out and I think right now's the time to put my walking shoes on go and walk for half an hour and I find it amazing how um kind of yeah it re-energizes me and how um kind of my it clears my mind and I go oh that opportunity we can take it forward this way oh yeah and and it's just that kind of yeah it's invigorating for me really is it's funny because that word invigorating also encapsulates some other words that you've just used, three other words that you've just used. It's uplifting. If if you are feeling a little bit low, a walk along the coast path is 100% definitely uplifting. It's energizing, as you say, somehow, miraculously. And even if you're strolling just for 10 or 15 minutes on the path, you come back feeling energized. But I think that clearing the mind thing is really important as well, because I know when I did my through hike, people said to me, what did you think about all day, every day? And I said, well, quite often I thought about nothing, absolutely nothing, because my mind was cleared. And I find that exceptional. I find that almost unbelievable that the path has that power to do that. So, yeah, I think it's just those views that you get, isn't it? Your mind just gets taken over by the view and you're just looking at all the different elements. It's just there and it just just clears. It's Yeah, I think it's amazing. No. Completely. Well, Lorna, thank you so much for chatting with us this or me this afternoon. We're going to be hearing next from Jeannie Blackhall and Hugh Davis. Um, but I won't sort of do any spoilers about that. We'll, we'll we'll hear from them in just a moment. But thank you for your time and and more importantly, the brilliant work that you and you know everyone in the team and the projects and the association are doing. Um, all just fantastic work. So thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks, Lorna. So it's been fascinating listening to what Lorna was having to say there about the project she's working on. And I'm delighted that I've now got with me two guests. And and I love it. I love it when we have a three-way conversation. Um, But we've got Jeannie Blackhall and we've got Hugh Davis. And I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction to each of them before we start off on our chat. So starting with Jeannie. So Jeannie is retired, but she's had a very varied working life, which um, I really enjoyed reading about Jeannie. But Jeannie has got a BSc in physics. She's done a PGCE, so teaching qualification. She's run a restaurant. She's cleaned houses. She's gardened. She's had various admin roles, including PA to a CEO and also spent many years in complementary healthcare. Jeannie then nursed her bedridden husband at home, alone and through lockdown, which was particularly tough until his death in 2021. And Jeannie found herself alone and exhausted, which I'm sure many people might be able to relate to, and struggled with her health after her husband's death, and then was bedridden for a lot of 2022. As a result of that, Jeannie started a walking group called Healing Steps, and I know there's a Facebook group of that name. 
in June 2023, so earlier this year. Jeannie loves the healing power of nature, and we're going to be hearing all about just exactly what Jeannie's group does and about the healing power of nature and just the benefit of walking, which we all on this on this call agree with. And, and I'm delighted to hear, Jeannie, that at the end you put that you were getting your life back and, and more of that later. But welcome, Jeannie. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Rachel. It's really good to be here, too. Thank you. Thanks, Jeannie. And then we're also joined by Hugh Davis. Now, Hugh is a Coast Path Connected Project Officer in North Devon. And he has also got a, an interesting background. He was a senior manager at North Devon College, Petrop, retiring after 29 years in 2018. That's a long time to work for one organisation. But he's also taught part-time. He's a trustee for a local charity as well as running his grandchildren around. I'm sure that keeps you busy, Hugh. Um, but as I say, Hugh is Coast Path Connector Project Officer. Now, like me, Hugh has walked several of the UK long distance footpaths, including the West Highland Way, Coast to Coast, Pennine Way, Hadrian's Walk, uh, Hadrian's Wall, Hadrian's Wall Walk. And he's got plenty more planned, as have I, but we won't go into that because then we'll be digressing. In the last three years, this is where uh, Hugh and I differ. Hugh has completed the North Devon Half Marathon. I can't run a bath, let alone a, a <laughs> marathon. Um, an ocean triathlon at Croyd. And the, I'm dying to hear about this. The goat, the goat, Tongario, New Zealand. Um, so hugely fit and healthy guy and um, with lots of experience. Hugh, when he's not doing all of that other stuff, enjoys bird watching, reading and travel and he tries to keep fit. I mean, he must keep fit. You must keep fit, Hugh. You put, yeah, you try to keep fit running, cycling and swimming. But again, welcome, Hugh. It's great to have you with us this afternoon. Good to be here. It's good to hear you. Good to hear So we're going to have a little chat between us and we'll shortly be turning to Jeannie. But I just want to start, Hugh, with the work that you do and how you came to be involved with the Coast Path Connectors Project. So can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Um, well, I retired in 2018 and I did a bit of part-time teaching and a, a friend of mine um, who, who's much more social media active than I am um, pinged this job to me and said, what do you think? And so I applied for it and um, luckily I, I was successful and got the job. Um, I was I was quite surprised at my age actually to, to find work, to be honest with you. And I think probably it's the best job I've ever had. Wow, that's incredible. What what makes it the best job you've ever had, Hugh? I think, um, obviously, I enjoy walking. I enjoy getting outside in the countryside. Um, I love the coast path. And uh, you just meet interesting people, all sorts of interesting mm. people. Um, I've always worked with um, community groups, but usually from a funding point of view. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's actually quite interesting to be at the other end of it, where you're actually doing the doing the face-to-face -face work. So, yeah, that's no, brilliant really that's so lovely to hear and do you know what that resonates with with so many I think every single person who is employed by or works with the association sort of says you know it's it's the best thing they've ever done so tell us a little bit about how the project has developed in the North Devon hub because there are there are several hubs obviously yeah well um basically the project is to try and get encourage more people to walk on the coast path this is straightforward mm. as that Mm -hmm. um, and really by engaging with community groups and individuals um, and uh, 
primarily I went out and uh, talked to a lot of um, community groups and see if encourage them to walk and worked with Encompass in Barnstable, which is a charity that supports uh, vulnerable people. And we got a few little groups going there. And um, probably my most successful meeting, if you want, was uh, obviously bumping into Jeannie at Barnstable Library. I would rather Jeannie told that story because I've embellished the story so many times, so much over the <laughs> last few years. I probably wouldn't tell Jeannie again, that's not true. Um, and so uh, I also work closely with social prescribers. Yeah. And we do social prescription walks on a Tuesday morning. Um, and we get people from the uh, mental health ward up at the hospital and also um, people from Deb Mind join us on these walks. And yeah, it's just really enjoy. It's just really enjoyable. Um, people pe people come. They just want to chat, just walk. If they're interested in birds or wildlife or just looking at the view, and we have a we ha on some of the walks we have a a, a system where um, if you if you wear something red, you don't want to talk. If you wear okay. something yellow, you might want to talk. And if you say something green, then you definitely want to talk. So it's uh, it's just really it's just really nice and just really interesting. And uh, and it's good to talk to talk about people's lives as well not not just about what we see and what we do it, it's it, it's just interesting to hear people's stories basically um, sure. and and the walkers range from quite young people to um some of the some of the, i don't know how old they are on our walks genie some people must i'm, I'm too too rude to ask <laughs> um it would be too rude to ask but um i'm sure some of them must be 70s into their 80s anyone i think yeah possibly yeah and and some of them are, are born and bred locals and it's great to hear it's like um oral history yeah. um, and we go to some places and they explain buildings that don't exist anymore or the a lady in Ilfracombe once explained to me how the um how the rip currents work out at sea yeah and just that yeah. sort of stuff you just learn stuff all the time it's it's, it's great oh that's fantastic Hugh and um Perhaps this is an opportune moment. You mentioned um, meeting Jeannie. So Jeannie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I obviously introduced you in the in the bio there, but tell us a little bit about yourself, but also how you first heard about the Coast Path Connectors Project. And I'm not sure whether that was in the library or not, but <laughs> it sounds like a game I'm of sure Pluto, it doesn't it? In the library with Hugh Davis and a dagger. But, um, <laughs> perhaps you could tell us a little bit, Jeannie, just about yourself and how you first heard about the, the project. Well, you've, um, you've introduced me. I mean, as, as you said, I've had a really varied sort of gypsy sort of nomadic lifestyle, really. I've travelled a lot and done all sorts of things and not really settled too much. But um, I suppose I don't really want to go into that here. Um, mm -hmm. But the main thing is that the, the big event was my husband getting a diagnosis with terminal cancer in 2019. Um, when I had, So I had to give up work. I was still working self-employed in the sort of holistic therapy at that point um so i had to stop work and to look after him and he rap very rapidly became bedridden actually um and i couldn't leave him um because he'd, he'd try and get up and he'd pass out and right. his head and so on so yeah i sort of but basically became housebound with him and then lockdown happened um um and i nursed him pretty much on my own because there wasn't help available to mm. lockdown pretty much mm. until his death in in 21 um and then as you say i got ill i mean i got a heart problem which i was partly exhaustion 
Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, how they sure. look after their, um, they often have to look after their loved one for a long time before they die. Or, um, or some people have very sudden deaths, which is another awful situation to come to terms with. Um, but so the 2022 was, was pretty much a, a washout for me because I was in bed half the week. I'd, um, and so I didn't really get, my fitness just disappeared. Um, but in 2023, I'd had a procedure at the end of 2022 and started to get my health back. And I thought, I've just got to, this is my year to get out there. I've got to mm -hmm. spend some life now. So I started going, started taking myself out for walks just locally, which was great. It was fantastic. And I got from walking just like a quarter of a mile and spending the rest of the day on the sofa to, you know, building up and building up. But um, And it was wonderful. And we all know how, well, I'm very lucky because I live rural. Mm. Um, so I just, it was just fantastic. Whenever I got out, I felt so much better. Mm. Basically, I, I was... um. Motivation was really difficult to actually get out yes. and do. You know, yes. it's easy just to sort of slouch on the sofa when you're feeling low. And and I really wanted to be with other people. So I started to to get out and try and research groups and join a few things. And in one of my um, um, outings, I eventually met um, Ella, Ella. Ella, was it Ella McCann? Ella McCann, yeah. Ella McCann, from, yeah. From one Barnstable. Yeah, that's right, from one Barnstable. And I, I just thought, we chatting to her, and I was saying, you know, I really would like to start a group for widows and widowers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She said, that's brilliant, yes. We can do that. You can do that. So I thought, oh. I, I was surprised when I heard myself say that. <laughs> In the library, um, she introduced, introduced me to Hugh. Right. And we had a quick conversation. He said, great, let's go and have coffee. So that's when it started, basically, and and it, and it had its it's had its you know when sometimes things have a life of their own. Yeah, it wasn't like I want to do this, this, and this, and have a party. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is a real need for me, and I saw the need for so many other people, and somehow events happen to support that, that creation. So, so she went out with coffee, and Healing Steps was born. And it, and it's it's fantastic, isn't it, Jeannie, when your enthusiasm for them, something is mirrored in other people and that helps you to get something off the ground. But I love it when that happens because sometimes, you know, if you hadn't have met Ella or you hadn't have met Hugh, you know, well, I'm sure you'd have gone ahead with this anyway. You seemed like you seem like the sort of person who would have done, but it's great to have other enthusiastic people on board. So you you were obviously walking the coast path a little bit do you think you having gone out and done a little bit by yourself do you think that had helped prior to setting this up oh yes yeah absolutely because I just felt very much the benefits I mean like we can all talk for hours about the benefits of getting out and yeah. walking and being in nature and Something about being by the sea as well, with all that space. Maybe it's yeah. because we come from the sea originally. I don't know, but all that that space and the nature and just the the chance to settle back into into our own nature. Really, it's sort of reconnecting with our own essence in some way. I think being out there. Yeah. Um, and so, tell us a little bit more then. So, Healing Steps was born, and can you explain to our listeners 
what it is and what it does and and how it's helped both you and other people. Okay, so Healing Steps basically is a walking group for, for people that have widowed, widowed or lost their life partners. Yeah. And it's, it's it's exclusive for that. And, and although it sounds a bit um, exclusive, <laughs> um, I wanted that because it's such a very specific bereavement losing your your husband wife or life partner you know mm. your whole your whole earth your whole life is is just rocked like an earthquake you know mm. everything goes absolutely all parts of your life are, are affected um i've forgotten the question <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of you know what is it that healing steps does what, okay so okay. if you explain to our listeners how often do you meet and how do people find yeah. you and what what walks do you put on for people Okay, so we meet every two weeks on a Friday. Mm -hmm. We might we might put on a few more walks. I don't know. We're going to look at that. Um, we we go to various places. Um, we alternate between like um, easier walks and and then some slightly more challenging walks, because there's there's a variety of people that come. I mean, some are relatively young, mm. um, um, but there's some that are, actually are in their eighties. Yes. I mean, I'm in my mid seventies now as well. So, but there's a variety of abilities really. But we generally walk about two to four miles. Okay. Um, and and how do people well, find I'm you? Suffering from widow's brain. It's a known thing where you can't. Really <laughs> talking about. No, no, you're doing brilliantly, Jeannie. You're doing brilliantly. So, so how do people find you? Obviously, well, maybe answer that question. Then we'll bring you in because I know that you've you've set up healing steps sort of through the Coast Path Connectors project. So Hugh will probably have a take on that as well. But but how do people find you? Or or indeed for our listeners who may want to find you, how, how do people okay. find you? Okay, so we've got, um, I set up a, a private Facebook group because that seemed the best way of actually organising the walks and getting people to sign up. Yeah. So there are actually a presence called Healing Steps on Facebook. Uh, and then it's a closed it's a closed group, so people yeah. have to answer certain questions to access that. And then there, I post information about the walks, where they are, um, the date, the details, where to meet up and so on. And people can sign up there. Sure. sure. How many people have you got on the Facebook page it's now? Just, it's just hit 50 now. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. And But we're also now starting to get um, people from the hospice, because I've got a connection with the hospice. Okay. And, and they're actually giving out some of the flyers, which which I, we did mm -hmm. um, to people. And I've had a few people from the hospice come. And what is wonderful as well, we're starting to get men come. Mm. A few more men, because I think that's really, I think it's harder for men to, to get out and talk. I think, yeah. I think last, Friday, last Friday we had more men than women, I think. Yes, we did. I think the first time did. ever. I know, yes. yeah. I was yeah. proud about that. I'm really pleased to hear that, Jeannie, but I think that is changing, which is a really good thing. Um, in the, the town where I live, there's a there's a group called Men Walking and Talking, and and, and it's from, it, it's not about bereavement in this particular example, but it they see more and more men each month joining, and I think men are beginning to sort of be better about walking and talking. But it's great to hear that you've got um, sort of male people, you yes. know, as part yeah. of your community as well. And so. I think really it's really it's so easy to be out it's so much easier to talk when you're mm, walking when you're walking rather than yeah. okay you can get the counseling groups but there's a thing about walking 
it somehow helps you it helps loosen the tongue and you can walk you can and the great thing is as well you you cannot feel like talking at all and you can mm. walk on your own and suddenly you're, you're talk, walking next to someone and you're talking about mundane things and mm. then something really important comes up something shared you know some mm. shared mm. experience or there's a few tears or or there's lots of laughter as well but there's mm. it, it's so easy to be able to to share and then you find that people other people feel the same as you or they've had similar experiences and that's really validating really affirming and i'm, I'm really easy way of, it's a really non-threatening unintimidated way you haven't got to have eye contact so, I was just about to say that. Yeah. I was just about to say that, Jeannie, actually, about the eye contact, because I think that's really important for some people. I think it makes it less threatening, less intense, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. when you haven't got to sit opposite to someone at a table, but you can be walking side by side. Yeah. But how wonderful that, and I think you've articulated that really well, and I, I hope there are people listening who think, actually, you know, I thought that that might be difficult, but actually that sounds a lot easier than I perhaps imagined. So so thank you for articulating that so well, Jeannie. I, I just want to say, sorry, I'm jumping in, but we, no. the walks aren't about going and talking and sharing. The walks are about getting out yeah. and, be, and being together. And if talking and sharing happens, fantastic. But there's no pressure. It's just about getting out there, being together with people that have got similar experiences and enjoying some exercise and fresh air together. Yeah. The other aspect of it, Jeannie, as well, you should talk a little two seconds about, is your um, overcoming your fear of heights. Yeah, that's going to come up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell us now, Jeannie, tell us now. Well, one of the things, I mean, it's called healing steps, you know, for obvious <laughs> reasons. And um, one of the things that can happen as well is is with bereavement, you, can, you lose your confidence in everything that was normally okay feels much more challenging and I, yeah. I've been surprised by people that she say that to me and I mention it and people say yeah I find it really scary to come to the first walk or I found it really quite daunting to drive here even mm. um, no but one of the things that I have is Hughes is familiar with is, is a wobbly knee syndrome whereas I, I see a height and a cliff path and I, and I have been known to lie on the cliff flat on the ground, holding onto grass, shaking, because I'm nervous about it. Yeah. But, yeah. but but Hugh plans some walks, and, and he reassured me that actually now there's alternate walks we can go, alternate routes if it's too bad, et cetera, et cetera. But brilliantly, somehow he manipulated me, and, and also a couple of others who have got wobbly knee syndrome, um, to go along a, a cliff walk. And... With with a but with so much support from from Hugh and the and the volunteers, but also from each other. Yes. And, and I've I've done two walks now that I would never have dreamt I'd be able to do, you know, a few years back. Um so it's been, yeah, I feel almost tearful actually, because it just feels like, wow, I'm really getting out. I'm getting really, there. And I'm really breaking new ground. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, yeah hugely important absolutely important. so 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 important and and Hugh this is just such a brilliant example of how the Coast Path Connectors project 
is having such an impact on people's lives. It's making a huge difference. It's impacting their lives, as Jeannie's just described so well. She's she's doing things that she never thought she would be able to do at a time in her life when, you know, it was particularly difficult. So you, you obviously how how did how did you work together on on setting this up? How how does or you know, or any other project that the Coast Path Connects is working, but where do you come into this? Um, I think it's important to say that this is Jeannie's group. So yeah. when, when, when we first met, I kept repeating to Jeannie, Jeannie, this is your group, this is your group, because the pro when the project finishes, um, they don't get any more free cakes and coffee, um, <laughs> which is the other reason why everyone comes. Um, and um, uh, so, yeah, so it's important that it was Jeannie's group so that after the project, this thing continues, which is clearly has got its own momentum. Yeah. And that, moment, that momentum started from the day we actually had a cup of coffee, to be fair. Yeah. And it's not, and it seems to be gathering momentum, which is, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And I get, I get a few inquiries from other parts of the, of the um, coast path saying that we're thinking of doing the same thing. How do we go about doing it? Okay. Um, which obviously we want to support and encourage. Um, uh, but I think it, it really works for the work Jeannie does. I'm rubbish on Facebook. I don't, I don't really know how it works, um, if I'm honest. Um, but Jeannie does all that side of it. She keeps in touch with everybody. Uh, she updates everybody. Um, keep, keeps, keeps them. That is the momentum of it at the end of the day, is the communication of it. We're doing this. It's going to be every Friday, uh, every other Friday. This is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to walk. And people know where they are. Uh, <laughs> and it's, what's quite interesting, a little bit I do know about Facebook, is what interests me is when you post something up, Jeannie, the number of views you get and so quickly you get them so so if you put a post up you see, you can see how many people have seen it mm -hmm. and within two or three days there are 30 or 40 people have viewed yeah. the walk now not all yeah. of them come but the but that's the momentum of it mm -hmm. and, I, and i think we probably get i don't know half the group have walked every week see it feels like it's on them they, they feel like old friends to be honest with you because we've been walking, had so many walks um and then the other half of the group tend to come and go some people only come once a month yeah yeah if it's if it's uh, some people quite understandably feel reluctant to drive too far um especially in the winter yeah um so the the, the, the sort of group dynamics slightly change every time and of course we get new members coming um so my job really is to is to make sure it's a safe walk um yeah. make sure to do risk assessments um to make sure there's a walk plan where we're going to meet uh, and i'm not the only person that I've, if i have um volunteers we've got a couple of volunteers uh, particularly richard and nick um who support the walks um they both will lead the walks and they will do the risk assessments and they will do the walk plans okay suggestions um if we want to go somewhere like for example when we walk to um mort point um we we picked a route that avoided the sort of more cliff edgy yeah yeah i know walk. just the point you're talking about yeah <laughs> um but also to make it interesting and exciting as well so it's it's, it's getting that balance sure. um and it I, what i would like is when i get a feedback from some of the walkers to say I've never. I think Colby has never. Sorry, it's okay for Spencer mentioned another thing. Colby um, said she's never really been to the 
eastern side of the Tor River. So she's not walked much around Crow Point and Baggy Point and more mm -hmm. home places. And so we we plan to try we plan our walk so that we do uh, one on the if you like the western side of Barnstable towards Biddeford Westwood Ho, and then the next walk will be on the other side towards uh, Ilford Coombe and uh, Braunton. So we try and alternate. We try yeah. and alternate yeah. closer closer to Barnstable, further away from Barnstable, um, just to make sure that at least once a month we sort of, if we can, organise a walk that sort of captures um, yeah. most of our walkers. Um, what I what I will always be my abiding memory would be one of the first walks we did at Westwood Home, and it was absolutely <laughs> bucketing down. And we were all sat in the car. We didn't know each other. We all sat in the car park in our own car. So I had to go around the cars knocking on the windows. Half <laughs> the people in the cars weren't walkers with us. And there's a funny story about that, which I can't put on the podcast. But anyway, that's another story. Um, and <laughs> it was pretty funny. I can um, only imagine. <laughs> and, um, and then I said to Jeannie, because I was thinking, well, we could always just go for a cup of tea, if you like. And Jeannie said, looked at me with her steely eyes and said, no, we're walking. And we headed off in this gale, uh, pouring rain. Luckily, within about 15 minutes, it did abate a little bit. Actually, um, I just could jump in. It wasn't, I did say to you, um, let's check in with all the other walkers. Let's check in with everybody. <laughs> it wasn't just yeah. me insisting no. everybody goes. It was much more um, democratic than that. Here. It was, yeah. It yeah. was democratic in that you decided we're going to walk. Everyone said we're going. <laughs> but that was it. We've come here for a walk. We're going to go for a walk. It's great. Absolutely. But that's... But that what I liked about that is it set yeah. the tone. It set the tone for it. That if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and um, sure. that's what that's what I really like about mm -hmm. it. No one ever says, "Oh, is it too far?" Is it too, this? You know, it's it's everyone's committed to doing the walk. Yeah, um, yeah. Having said all that, obviously, I will ask people, "Are you sure this is what the walk?" Of course, of course. Terrain, you know, and there's going to be some slippery bits and stuff like that. Mm. And there's and some... it... oh. no, 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 no. I was no, I was just going to. Just to, to, to say, I, I can tell both of you, you know, have such enthusiasm for this project and this 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 group. It's fantastic, Jeannie. What is it? I, I think I I know the answer that you'd both give to this question, but I'm not going to assume or preempt. But Jeannie, what is it about the group that you enjoy the most? Oh, I mean, it's all of it, really. I mean, um, you know what? I suppose. We do circular walks, yeah. We mm -hmm. start we start off somewhere, we go we go some, out somewhere and we come back, either in a circle, yeah. either in a circle, when we come back to where we started. But but I I come back in a totally different place inside myself. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. And I think that's it. And I can I can be feeling really low, really sort of bottom lip wobbling as well as knees. And yep. really feeling like I really don't want to get out there. I really don't want to see anybody. I go out there, start walking, be with everybody, and by the when I come back, by the time it's finished, I'm like a different woman, you know, and it just charges up my batteries. It just, yeah, that connection with people, that just being outside, walking, and Hugh is just amazing. I have to, I'm just so grateful to Hugh. I mean, Hugh, Hugh, you, 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 you it's just it, incredible. It's just, you know. Hugh is amazing. It's it's clear that he has that passion, but it's not just you, is it, Hugh? It's you. You work with Alex as well. She's part of the project, and you mentioned some volunteers as well. Yeah, you know, 
it's a team it's a, it's a proper team effort and that's that's what from my point of view makes it really enjoyable um yeah. you know you, you, you it's it's not a job no i mean it's just it's just something it's it's more of a it's just fun i find the whole thing fun even the sad not say the sad bits are fun but if you understand what i mean it's mm. you feel like you're doing a good a good, mm. a good thing Mm. and is, is there any one part of the non-job that you enjoy the most so not necessarily just about Jeannie's healing steps group but but your actual job that you don't feel is a job <laughs> is there any part of that you enjoy the most um oh that's a good question you've, you've completely stumped me there <laughs> well <laughs> you can have time to think about that people. I mean it's probably I, a difficult I don't normally one. get stumped excuse me <laughs> It's probably difficult because you you don't look at it as a job. It's a bit like saying what's the most what's what's the most enjoyable part of your life. That's also a difficult question, isn't I it? Think, but... Yeah, my, all all of the walks um, I organise um, are 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 really enjoyable, and 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 some of the walks we're walking with people, you know, from quite vulnerable people. Yeah. Um, and and I got a compliment once. I said I've told this story so many times your listeners might have heard it from somewhere else um uh, <laughs> and some somebody said it's really nice to be walking with normal people mm. and i was described as normal which <laughs> most of the people that know me well would not think i was i was normal um but it was it, that's it's those it's not like it, it's nice having compliments but you you know at the end of a walk by looking in people's faces how they feel about it yeah and, sure and that's that's more of a warm feeling than somebody trying to articulate it you know and, and um that's, it, it's just nice and i don't i don't think i don't know how many walks i've organized 50 odd walks i guess since may um and i can remember when i was at work full time there were some mornings where you just don't want to get up um but i just look forward to every walk we do um, there are sometimes when I look at the weather and I think mm, this is going to be an interesting day, but yeah. even that's, you know, that's even that's the, the challenge of that. Thinking about what, what am I going to wear today then? Because I don't think I've got anything that's going to be waterproof enough. Um, but yeah, yeah no, it's just, I think on the sorry, go. On. No, just say it's all good. It's, it's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. I have to just say I talked about what I get out of it, but I mean I also just seeing how everybody else is is affected by our walks is is amazing is is so rewarding and it's just that's i'm doing it for myself from a selfish point of view but i'm also doing it because i because i know it will help people so much and i just hear again and again from them when i'm chatting to them how much they get out of our of our walks here so uh sorry i had to say that and that's so yeah. evident listening to you both it's so obvious you know, there has to be so much good that's come out of this project. Um, Jeannie, have you got any words of encouragement to people thinking about joining either your group or another walking group? Try it, you know, it's um, just try it, just go for it. If you don't like it, you don't have to come back, but just just go for it. You'd be surprised, I think. Just Just take that jump and just go for it. Absolutely. And I think all I would add to that is um, really in terms of if people if people are concerned about it, have I got the right kick and what about this and what about that? I think you just got to do it. 
it's just a, it's just a, it's just as simple as that. Mm. Um, and the 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 healing steps groups, particularly Jeannie, are incredibly supportive. Um, and I know you talk to, I'm sure loads goes on that I'm not aware of, Jeannie. You talk to, uh, um, you know, all sorts of uh, people that join the group. Um, and I think it's your encouragement and your support that that brings them along. And to have somebody who have, has obviously experienced um, what you've been through, um, people rec you don't need to talk too much about it to know you're someone who's been through that does that does that make absolutely, sense because um, i've not personally ex experienced that um so i so i think it's um you've given me some very nice compliments earlier but i think it, this wouldn't have happened without you Judy, to be honest we're a good team we're a good team i was yeah, just about right. to say that you took the words out of my mouth Jeannie. clearly we've got in the, in this uh, virtual room a, a, a really good team i have i could as i said off camera off, off audio we could sit and talk for hours because um we've all got a love of of walking and of nature but i'm i just want to say thank you to you both so much i can't let you go however without asking you the question that i have to ask every guest on the show um and, and and lots of guests don't like this because it, it puts them under pressure, but you, you have a little bit of advance notice. But I'm wondering if either of you or both of you have a favourite stretch of the Southwest Coast Path. And also, if you could tell me your one word that might describe the path. And I'm going to say, Hugh, can you go first? That's such a hard question. Um, because... because... <laughs> I know it sounds this sounds a bit bit of a th silly thing to say, but I can think of the bits I don't particularly like more than mm. I can think of the bits I really do like. Mm. Um, and I've walked from Minehead going anti-clockwise as far as Falmouth, I think I am, uh, on weekends and odd days here and there. And I've done quite a bit of the um, Jurassic Coast around Dorset, and it's all good. It's just it's the whole thing is so lovely. If I was, if you twisted my arm behind my back to get an answer, I I really like Heartland, mm -hmm. um, and probably the main reason is is it's it's the closest to us that I that is really quite wild. Mm -hmm. It is wild. You, it, it, there's there's not a lot there, um, not many people there, which is a good thing mm -hmm. or a bad thing, depending on what you think. Um, but I like the wildness of it. I like the wildlife. I like the, you can go up there sometimes, and that sea is crashing. The Atlantic is crashing into yeah. those cliffs, yeah. and um, you, you can you can properly get away from it all. Um, so that, that's probably my favourite section, I would think. And what about your one word, Hugh, to describe the path? Well, Even harder I, question, maybe. I cheated a little bit because I I looked up synonyms on the internet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're the first person to uh, admit to that. Maybe admit other that. people have done that, but are you first person I... to admit it? <laughs> so I came up with sublime. It sounds like something a football commentator would say. But um, when I when I re when I realised what it actually, I didn't really know what it meant to be honest. Because I, I used to think of John Motson saying it, um, and um, yeah, it sort of captures what I think about the coast part. Really, just just. Wonderful. Fabulous. There's Fabulous. another word for you. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. And Jeannie, favourite stretch? Well, this I've been thinking and thinking about this because you pre-warned me about this. 
Mm. And and I can't really decide yet because I'm still I haven't walked very much of it yet. I mean, I, I just and I what I do love is the contrast because there could be you know yes. along the burrows or even through you know along the Tarka Trail is part of the coast path, so that's really easy. And I love the 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 sort of wild, the open spaces of the, of the of the burrows and the sand dunes. But also, I'm learning to love clicks. <laughs> wow progress that's progress you know what because i love that the you know the the crashing sea as you said and the drama and the you know spotting the seals and the and and the wildlife and so on um but i haven't got a what i can't say yet this is my spot well that's a really good answer actually Jeannie, to say i can't say yet because that implies there's going to be a lot more walking done and a lot more traveling done and you know you're open to discovering lots more of the path so i really like that answer actually um and i also like the fact that he was very candid and admitted to to using synonyms which i use all the time i actually use chat gpt all the time as well but there we go that's another story i I don't know what that is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you should look into chat gpt that that writes a lot of my stuff for me in my working life um but anyway thank you both so oh sorry no Jeannie, your word sorry this was one thing i found really easy what was and because the first word that popped in was healing healing and and that's just perfect isn't it yeah, yeah. with your healing steps and it is that's my experience it's healing do you know, when I think back to my through hike of the Southwest Coast Path, all 56 days of it, 52 days of walking, I, I don't think there was a day that I didn't feel healed in some way by my walking during that day. I I 100%, you know, agree with that, Jeannie. And, and I would add to your comment earlier and say to anyone, who was thinking they might like to try and just get out onto the path. For, however, you know, it doesn't have to be 630 miles. It's only idiots like me that do that. You know, it can be half a mile. It can be 630 yards or metres. It doesn't have to be a long distance at all. But I think that is very much healing. It's been absolutely fabulous talking with you both. Thank you so much for your time. Jeannie, thank you so much for setting up this group. I think Hugh's right. You know, you have been... It has been such a source of of healing for so many people. And it's great to hear that the group is growing and hopefully it'll grow a little bit more after this podcast has been released. And Hugh, thank you for all the work you do um, with Alex and with the rest of the team and with the volunteers and with Lorna um, and everyone at the association. Thank you so much for the work you're doing there as well. And a great team, as we've said earlier. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Well, thank you so much to Lorna, to Hugh and to Jeannie for sharing with us everything about the connections that have been made along the coast path. Some fantastic examples there of projects that are going on and it's really having an impact on so many people's lives. I hope you've been inspired by what you've heard in this episode and thank you for listening. Let's look forward to the very last two episodes in this 50th anniversary year where we hear about writers on the path and the history and heritage of the path. Thanks again for listening.